Hey family, welcome back to the Supper Club with your host Lady Nina and Dr. Trey. Uh, we're so glad to be back with you again tonight to um, hopefully bring a little, you know, laughter into your day. Hopefully it wasn't too bad for you. A lot of stuff going on in the world as it has been since uh, January 1st, 2020. So... You know, we got a lot to talk about every single week <laughs> and um, all of the events that are going on in the world are, you know, it's, it's everything. It's, you know, politics yeah. and culture and our, yeah. our families, our communities, our, our ministries, you know. So we know we do a lot of, you know, talk here about love, life, relationships. And for a yeah. lot of us, all of that started in church. So we do a lot of that, too. And we, we definitely got to talk about the church on tonight because <laughs> there are some very interesting things that are going on in, uh, in church leadership, and not just in one denomination, but all over the world. It just yeah. so happens that Trey and I are, you know, babies of the Kojic Church. And right. uh, that is what we know most, and that's what we have uh, grown up in. So, of course, you know, we have an affinity to what's going on culturally within the church. And so today was the day, Trey. Election day. But wait, but for those who don't know, Kojic Church is, or Kojic, it's, it's the acronym for it. It's Church of God in Christ. So um, it's an organization that is predominantly black, but it churches worldwide. Um, and it's an organized church in that local churches make up districts, districts make up jurisdictions, um, the jurisdictions make up regions, and those regions make up what, what's called the national church. So that's the layout. So you go from local all the way up, sort of like any other thing that's organized in that way. Um, what the church does is have an election to determine who will um, run the church in terms of administration. Um, the mm-hmm. church has a constitution. It's kind of set up like our civil government now, where there's an executive branch, there's a judicial. So all those things are true. And as a part of that, the people who govern the church are elected. It's not like, oh, God just dropped this in somebody's mind and God told them they were the one in charge. Um, right. There's an election process, which is good. So that's where we are today. It happens every four years, just like our civil government. Um, but, of course, with COVID, it delayed some things, changes were made. So for those of you who are listening who may be unfamiliar, there you go. Well, we appreciate Trey because he has that history. You know, we got to give us the, the history. You know, you got to change so y'all know your what tone. We're talking you, about. Talk you know, when, when you start talking church, you got to change your tone. Everything got right, to Right, right. On you know. tonight. On tonight. <laughs> well, oh, God bless God. you. And uh, <laughs> we, if you miss tonight, you're going to miss a treat. If you're gonna we, miss don't a treat. You, we don't want you to miss a treat. It was no, always no, no. a treat, right? And you say it's that with, with kids around. We all dogs. We always got to we church, and there was there was no candy, there was no cake, nothing. There was no, you know, there I at least wanted a rice crispy treat. I mean, listen, <laughs> unless it's Sunday morning, right after Sunday school, and y'all had donuts, cookies, and juice boxes in the basement, cookies and um, donuts and juice boxes. Yep. You know, if it wasn't Sunday morning, was going on. the other stuff was not a treat when you did. No. This was, mm-hmm. It's not a treat for me to be here till 11 o'clock at night and want to get up and go to school. That's not a treat for no me. No treat. None. I will but. say that there has, been, there has been some advancement in the church because many of them don't hold us as long 
as they did back in the day. They a lot of them are are doing better with that now. Since uh, the pandemic, it really put all the churches on the same playing field. There's no there's no mega church that's any better than you know the storefront <laughs> church. There's no you know there's no corner store type church that's that's doing any you know anything different than the right. larger churches you you know used to have to do so it even the playing field and so because of that this last year not just in our um american society but in uh, in the society of religion in this particular denomination and many others that are uh, well all of them basically have now trans transfer services mostly virtual some are still right. in person um uh, most of them have virtual um capabilities now so you have the option if you're not comfortable of going inside the doors but what that did is really allow us to see if anything uh what our ministries are really doing and in light uh-huh. of that knowing uh-huh. that there was an election coming up and i, I think it's I think it's so interesting that we have the elections specifically in the Kojic church during the same year we do presidential elections for the country. Um, Because you see the campaign starting, you see, you know, more of the uh, leaders who are, you know, running for the general board or to be the presiding bishop, depending on if those, that seat is available, what's available at the time. Um, Right. You start to see where they stand on specific issues within the church, just like, you know, we do the presidential candidates. And so I wonder if the delegates, those who are able to vote, and that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that later. Oh, I'll, God. Because I'll get oh, started. Uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but the delegates, the, one who are, the ones who are able to vote, I wonder if they were paying attention to those things over this last year. Um, when you have to consider who's going to lead the church over the next four years and what kind of vision they have for uh, the church as a whole, if they were looking at, well, what has this leader been doing in the last year? How has this leader and their ministry responded to the pandemic, to their communities? How yeah. did they address yeah. the gap, you know, that this between church and government. And so Trey, I really I really want you to to speak on speak on this from your point of view. I know when I was growing up, uh my grandfather was a pastor and uh he built a church from the ground up in Saginaw, Michigan. He was one of the first black pastors to uh build the sanctuary of that kind in the city. He had favor with um with a, a lot of people who came through to help him, you know, pull this vision together. But as a child, I saw him address issues, not just inside of the church, but outside of the church in the community. Yeah. And when I say in the community, it's not, not to say that in a cliche manner, but reality, we would be out at the neighbor's house across the street from the church. You know, there was a, a, a Latinx, community center across the street from our church and we were in relationship with them, you know? Um, So I remember a lot of these different things happening. And over time, I noticed that a lot of that kind of ministry uh, began to wither 
for other ministries and everything begin to happen inside of the church. And so yeah. now that we're here on on election day, and for those of you who who are who are listening on this Tuesday, um, uh-huh. live on February twenty third. They are still in the voting process, so there no decisions have been made yet. Um, so we don't have any information on who's who's done what, this, that, and the other. I would say to keep them in your prayers. You know, you're always going to have some glitches the first time around doing something like this. Uh, so we, we will know more about that next week. But as we look at that, Trey, as you see, the church has transitioned from just doing ministry different altogether if you were a voting delegate, what things would you have been looking for for the next leaders of the church? First, as you went through the history of what the Church of God of Christ is, first, can you explain to the yeah. people what the general board is about, What, how many men consist of of that leadership? You heard me say, say men. That's a whole other thing. We're not right, not yet. Um, explain to us what the general board is and then the presiding bishop and then how we differentiate that level of leadership and then after that could you address uh what you would have been looking for what you are looking for in the next leaders yeah. of the church well uh first of all i'll say the general board itself is a group of 12 bishops that are supposed to execute the policy of the church at large so the church is an international church because it's in different nations. Um, and they're a group of bishops that execute policy. Now, you have a general assembly that, of course, contributes to, um, if I'm saying this wrong, you need to correct me, um, the con- there's a constitution and all that, kind of like our civil government. And right. additional policies come from the general board. So basic and plain, these are people that establish certain policies, execute policies. That's what they do. They have other duties. Um, you'll see, just real quick, for some people on the general board, um, if there's an issue in a jurisdiction, say something mm-hmm. happens, like we experienced in Florida, where our jurisdictional prelate in Florida had, and a prelate is just a bishop, the jurisdictional bishop in Florida uh, had some health issues, and he was emeritized. A general board member would then oversee that jurisdiction in the interim until a new one is a, a, a new jur, uh, jurisdictional bishop is elected. So they have other duties, but they're basically and generally just executing, establishing, and, and executing policies for the church um, mm-hmm. on the international level. So that's what they do. What I would be looking for, because that role is so powerful, it's heavy, um, is somebody who's progressive, somebody who is absolutely doing progressive forward-thinking 21st century ministry in their own church. I have mm-hmm. issues with people who want to be on the general board or want to be in a I national think. position but aren't doing the necessary things in their local ministry. How can you teach church growth if your church has not grown? How can you teach yeah. progressive ministry if your church still has church the same way you did 30 years ago. You haven't implemented anything new. Your church doesn't own anything. You don't even own the building you're in. Um, and that's okay if you're just starting. But if you've been around for 20 years, which a lot of these, these and I'll just say men because, of course, the men are bishops. A lot of these men are older men and have been in ministry for quite some time, and they even brag about it. 
if you've done that, then we like to see, you know, that there's that old saying of, you know, if you, if you want to see who a man is, follow him home. Or the other mm-hmm. saying that, that people generally use, and, and this is just an old adage, um, if you see, if you want to know what a man will do, look at what he has done. Um, right. So, for, so for me personally, I'd be looking for strategies of growth. I'd be looking for how they developed over the years. I'd be looking at how they transitioned um, church ministry during a, during a pandemic. Because of one thing about leadership is that you always got to be able to 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 think on your feet. You got to be able to think quickly. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to re-strategize. You got to be able to, to start programs. And when that's not working, all right, fine. Let's come back to the table. Let's 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 rework. Let's rework this plan. Those are all things that are required to do in successful ministry. Ministry is business, right. and people confuse, you know, or, or try to say that they're not the same, but they really are the same. Ministry is business, and if we're going to be successful in ministry, you need people that operate with those kind of principles. So um, that's what I would be looking for. Did you adapt well to the changes? Did you do you have a strong online presence? Are you using technology? These, to, these some of these free tools that are at our disposal to reach people. Um, do you have outreach ministries? Are you now looking at ministry as as ministry was initially intended, which is actually helping people? If you haven't started helping people during a pandemic, when you had every opportunity to be seen mm-hmm. helping, if you mm-hmm. didn't do it right now, how can I trust later on? If, if you occupy a, a, a seat of authority on that level, on a national level, international level, that you're all of a sudden going to become a benevolent, helping, you know, a uh, 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 strategic person. I just don't see that. Well, I think that's, I, I think, I think that's part of the issue, though. You can't just up and start helping people when you've never been helping people. Right. You know, right. It's, right. It's not something that, and, and, and I think there are a lot of there are a lot of skills, and, and, and Trey and I have talked about this so often because we we worked together in ministry yeah. at one point when you know when I lived in Florida we worked together we served on you know a couple different committees together so we were able mm-hmm. to see and uh, how things work and exchange ideas on how to yeah. to make some things work a little bit better and you know I w- I would say we were. We were lucky. Listen, we, 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 had to stop, to we had to stop helping some people. We had to actually completely Listen. stop helping people and walk away from some stuff because they weren't Listen. being progressive, man. And we, I would say we were lucky enough, though, to be in a ministry where the pastor actually thought enough of younger people to ask us, well, what do y'all right. think? How should yeah. this go? You know, and you know how, yeah. you know how Bishop is. He, he, okay, yeah. so what you plan on doing? He's, he's, he's an active yeah person so he was the kind of yeah. leader that was like okay great you got a great idea do you have an execution plan with what you think okay well then let's see it he he was willing to give things a try and i think right. in right in in so many instances you have leaders who instantly look for perfection so they will yeah. look over those who may not have uh the same level of experience in one area but then on the very on the very same token you have people who will not just will look over those who haven't had a lot of experience but have a desire and yeah. then those who have some experience but their experience has has borne no fruit then because they uh, have you know this resume you want them to be at this position but they have nothing to offer even with their experience right. they don't they don't have a right. record of success and so yeah. i think it's it's a challenge in ministries because 
Anytime you bring God into the picture, you're going to have a challenge with judging whether or not somebody can or cannot do the job well. And I say that because everybody can come to the table and say, God told me to do this. Everybody can show up to the meeting and say, God put this in my heart. Right. You know, God put this, he, he put this in my spirit. And, um, yeah, so I think ultimately we, we have to consider ministries itself um, as a place where it, it's going to be kind of delicate when we talk to people about where they fit in and how they yeah. can be, you know, a, a best uh, help to the ministry based on what they desire to do and not just yeah. based off everybody's, you know, God said I can't. Because that's right. why I think we'll have trouble in that well, area. Because but, but, but it's anybody their skill set too, can Nina. come to the table with that. Yeah, it's, it's their skill set too. It's about, because to me it's not about, in terms of good leadership, it's not about having to know how to do everything. I look at it the way, you know, right. I've been in management in my career. And I'm the type that likes to learn everything so I understand the complete process. So I am one of those managers that, um, you know, I've, I've been one of those managers that literally could do everything, of, but that's not what management is. People people right. confuse that all the time. Being a manager doesn't mean you have to know how to do every single job. Again, I'm just one of those types that like to do that. But if you can't do it, it's about knowing the proper people to put in place to get certain things done. There are certain people in terms of supervision and management that can develop and establish protocols and establish order. Those people shouldn't stay in one area because they have a developmental skill. So because they can develop and and establish order and protocols and build things, those are good people to kind of move around because they can set things in order in different places, different departments, whatever. Right. Then you have those that may not be able to establish. in organization so they can go to different areas and help bring things together. They can help streamline processes. They can help yes. increase communication and uh, yes. make sure that things just have a better a better flow. And I think we misunderstand right. sometimes, like you said, ministry is business. We misunderstand that um, just because you think with a a business mindset does not mean that you can't also be spiritual. And so right. we have those who think the complete opposite. It should be, you know. But yeah. again, these everybody has their own opinions. We're just, you know, yeah. sharing ours. And in, in my opinion, I've seen it operate both ways. I've seen a leader who has a mind for business and organization and structure and can be spiritual and also have great administrative practices. I've also seen leaders who feel as though everything has to be spiritual. I can't make a choice before the mountains move. Before we have a revival and the Lord say through three prophets, this is the way we gonna do it. And if 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 it's not confirmed, then we not gonna we not gonna do it. And that is the only way they know how to operate. I've seen it both ways, and right. I can't say right. that there's been success, you know, on on the latter all the time. Um, right. And primarily, but, but you know, but if again, you can't, people feel okay. like it's an offense. People feel like it's an offense yeah. to God if you if you don't go through all of the oh what do I say <laughs> if if you don't go through all the deep 
stuff. You know, if you if you right. grew up in church like yeah. us, y'all know what we're talking about, the deep stuff. Like, yeah. you know, if you didn't fast and pray for 10 days before every decision you made, and, yeah. you know, if, if you're not sweating bullets and rolling up under the pews, then you didn't hear it's from all the, the dog Lord. And, all the dogma. You know, all of all this the stuff yeah. that is not, and, you know, call yeah. in, email me, do all of that if you want to. Find it where it's biblical that all of those things are necessary to have favor from from God or to, for your project or event to be blessed if you, right. you have to go through all of this other stuff and you don't. So then when you look at the leadership of the church on a national scale, you cannot uh-huh. expect someone who does not have a history of success in administration, in organization, right. in communication, yeah. in teaching, in training. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah. that person is is required to have all of these skills consider this because it is almost mirrored to our civil government how we you know choose to operate yeah people's problem with trump a lot of people's problem with him was that he was a businessman but he had never been in politics so he did not know the political process he was not aware of how to do things in a specific way because he had no political experience. Now, at the same time, you had other people who were on the opposite end. We want a president that has no political experience because then he doesn't have any of the political baggage that some of the politicians have. So you are always going to have people on both sides who feel like this is what we need for there to be a leader. What I think is critical at this time uh, specifically for uh, the Church of God in Christ, or you know the Baptist Church. Let me just say across the board for all predominantly Black churches. I think it's important for the leadership now for it to become more of a priority that we focus on the growth and development of people, not necessarily numerically for the sake of our ministry's role. Because we want to be able to call that role and be able to say, we got 300 members and we have on Sunday morning, we got uh, 300 people that come faithfully on uh, 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 the Tuesday night Bible study. We have at least 150 of those 300 that are there. You know, it's, it's, I don't understand why, we feel like we have to have a resume for our ministry. Now, on one <laughs> hand, we'll say, yeah, you need to be progressive and you need to utilize these tools and you should have this, that, and the other. But I don't think that's for the sake of a number more so right. than the growth, of, growth and development of your people. Of people, and right. I think we and, and, have, and Nina, Nina, wait, wait. Let me, let me interject here because the other, the other thing is yeah. I don't want people – I know you don't mean it this way, but I also don't want, I also don't want to get people confused. There are ministries that you walk into, and I know some of them, where the people didn't need all this growth and development. They just needed an opportunity. So you have, you have certain yeah. ministries, and, and people are people everywhere, where, where they weren't depending on the church for you to grow. Because some people say, well, hey, the church responsibility. Well, it is the responsibility of a good leader slash good administrator to recognize the talent and the gifts and the skill of people and put them in the proper places so that the ministry can function properly. One thing's for sure, I've never put water in my gas tank. Why? Right. It wasn't right. designed to run 
My car wasn't designed to run on water. I have to use right. gas. And I'm wise enough to know that if I put water where the gas is supposed to be, then my car won't run. I'm going to have a lot of engine trouble and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So it's, it's about using that wisdom as an administrator to know that, yeah, I have water, and I'm going to put the water maybe where the washer fluid goes. That'll be good for that. And, I'll put the, and I'm going to put, make sure I put the gas, and I'm going to put the, 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 the oil in the engine. I'm going to do those things, use things, use people and things in their proper places so that I can get the best performance out of the ministry as a whole. That's what it's really about, and I know that's what you're saying. But I don't want because I, I don't want it coming off like like the ministry got to be there to build people up. No, but that is also a part of our responsibility, and that will naturally happen when we're utilizing people and their talents and gifts in the right places and in the right spaces. Yeah, and I, it's I I think the reason why I focus on numbers specifically is because we have a habit of trying to build the resume of our ministry before we build the person. And so I think you you make a very good point that everybody that comes into a ministry is not, and it's not to suggest at all that everybody's down and out need to be built up in their spirit so they could be, you know, no, no, no. You have some people who are, are doing very well spiritually. They just want to stay on that playing field. They, they want to make sure they're, you know, um, they still making the right choices and you know they just want to be fed they a lot of people just enjoy the fellowship they like hearing the word they like to be a part of a, of a ministry that is their choice to to fellowship in that manner um but when we focus on numbers and how many people are coming and how many people are joining versus how many people are growing just as individuals yeah then yeah. we can lose we can lose focus on what we're purposed to do because you have a lot of churches who have no idea what their purpose is as a ministry. All they know is we're supposed to have service on the Sunday. Somebody's supposed to preach, praise and worship is supposed to sing. You know, we have announcements and we go home. They have no purpose whatsoever. And if they have one, they have not identified it and they're definitely not operating in that purpose. They're just existing. And so when you're trying to build a resume full of numbers and you're just an existing church with zero purpose, then what do Mm -hmm. do your numbers mean? Right. Because then you'll be the same ministry that will excommunicate people totally if they leave the ministry because they've outgrown you. Who, who, where did that rule come from? That once you join the church, you're supposed to be there for the rest of your life. And if you leave, you a church hopper. Show me that in the Bible. Oh, that's right. You can't because it's not fair. Some of this stuff you make up and then you make it very difficult for people to engage in ministry because you have decided that they need to follow all of these rules to be a product of your vision for your numerical resume that has nothing to do with the purpose of your ministry, but you don't know what that is because you did not take the time to really sit and understand what it was that was that you were being called to do, which is another thing because it's very difficult for us in the church to challenge those who are quote unquote called to do something. Yeah. Because if somebody come forward and say, you know, God called me to be a pastor then I'm the bad guy. If I say, no, he didn't, that wasn't him that called you. <laughs> right. Your mama called right. you. 
and she was right. just calling you to come in the room and get your place. You know what you're doing, Nina? You, you, you call and shame it. Don't be calling shame it, right? <laughs> Listen, because you know that'd be, you know, you know I get canceled because I'm not supposed to say that, you know. But he, he, those are the things that I think people are considering. And so now yeah. that we are at a point in our churches where new new leadership is coming forth, these are some of the things that people have been talking about when it comes to who is going to lead the church. And I said this to um, Bishop Williams in Florida. Uh, we talked about maybe it was about two years ago now, and I said, um, you know, I, I think it's a misconception that this next election is about who's just going to be in charge. Um, God, I told no, him then, I said, so much more. These, next 12, these next 12 men that are going to be assigned to be on the general board of the Church of God in Christ, they are going to be assigned with restoring people's faith in the church. It's not going to be right. about doctrine. It's not going uh-huh. to be about how many members you have. It's going to be about the restoration of faith and trust yeah. in the church itself because so yeah. many have abandoned it because they cannot trust that it is operating within its purpose and it truly cares about helping people become whatever it is uh-huh. they're supposed to become. Because yes. if, 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 yes. if, if I'm supposed to be everything that God called me to be, if that requires me to leave your ministry and go to another one, are you still going to support me or will you condemn me because I'm not following yeah. your guidelines? Because then, aren't you the bad guy for telling me what God didn't tell me? Just like you, I wasn't supposed to tell you what God said to you. And I, I find I think, it difficult to, I find it really difficult, Nina, to even conceive. Because um, I, I haven't said this in, in the role that I'm in now and, and in my previous role, just on a professional level. I just don't believe that everything, even, even if they answer to me right now, I just don't believe that everything that a person needs to hit their next level in life or to, or to un, unmask whatever gift or talent or skill they have, I just don't believe that all of that is in me. I may be, a, I may be able to, to bring out certain things, but I don't think their, their, their total development, I'll just say, is in my leadership or my ability to lead. I, I just don't think that much of myself. So I look at the same mm-hmm. thing even when it comes to spiritual things. Yeah, you may have a church, pastor, this and that, but to say that would mean that there's only one person out of 7 billion people on the planet that God will connect you to to help grow you, mature you, or whatever it is, develop you to whatever point God is, God is taking you. I think that's insane. It's absolutely a God complex for leaders to feel like everything you need got to come from them. So if you're not with them, then you won't be blessed. And you won't. Are you crazy? Seven billion people on this planet, and you think everything gonna be from you? Just you. But I think I, I think that is where I say the restoration of faith in the church. Like, what is yes. the purpose for this? And that's a that's a real question now that needs an answer, especially when that, that gathering and buildings the same way we used to. Is, is currently not going to be something we can go back to the same way for a right. while, and that's going to be a couple right. years. Um, that's a question that needs an answer. Ten years yeah. ago, it, it, it was a question that should be addressed. 
But now it's a question that definitely needs an answer. Because if everybody yeah. is going to church virtually, what do they what does somebody need you for? What do they need uh-huh. your ministry for? What do they need your leadership for? How have you been a blessing to people before there was a pandemic? So then during the pandemic, they knew they could look to their leaders to say things, you know, that would pull them through literally to the next yeah. day because you had people yeah. who were losing every single day, you know. Right. And so, and we're going we gonna to continue this next week because we will have the results by then. We're going to know. Oh, yeah. Them. I uh I caught I I didn't call them I I sang a song to uh Tiff Jazz and and Jamiris. I sent it to them this morning. <laughs> I was like y'all gonna have a new presiding bishop today. Oh, you know how it goes, Trey. We need three. We need three parts. Uh-huh. So we'll, we'll know next week. We'll talk more about it. Um, I just think it's a great time for conversation around this. And I yeah. hope that the, the church is pleased with the outcome, that everything goes well. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait, Nina, wait. I, but, but before we go, I, but before we get about it, I do want to say one thing, because I did post this a while ago, so I, so I want to say it here. Um, for people that were campaigning and wanting votes, I said before, um, this whole, oh, I'm the husband of one wife, all my kids are from the same woman, yeah, uh, that's we've been in ministry for 20 years, that's a pretty low bar. I don't want to hear about, oh, well, we connect in the past and this and that. No, 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 no. That bar is too low. Those are things we should be doing anyway, especially when you're in the position yeah. of leadership where people are looking up to you. You've been passing about, your kids should be from that same woman. You didn't do, that's not a favor. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything amazing. They okay. should be. That's your wife. I mean, so, so we're not with this low bar stuff. And when we find out who's in charge, there, there needs to be some demand made and some expectations met, period. Go ahead. Sorry. And I, I <laughs> absolutely dead. agree. Because I don't think it's fair that, especially for the, again, predominantly black churches, and that's a whole other conversation, because in 2021, we cannot be expecting to rid the country of racism, and our churches are still divided to this degree. That's a whole other thing yep. for another time. But I will say, we cannot demand that our president addresses a black agenda if the church does not require the presiding bishop to address specific agendas. One specifically, women. The women in the church. That's yeah. a whole nother show for another time. Yep. And we'll get back oh, to that. We gotta... We'll talk to y'all about this more next week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay. You know, with emails, info at purplerosplanet.com. Kate at <laughs> purplerosplanet.com. Send me the email. You'll be mad at me if you want to. God bless. Uh, you're going to be real mad when my next book come out. I love y'all. Love you something. Hey. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Stuck in a space no one could reach but you held up so long need you to release me and when you came to me I swear it's true